Reality TV isn't really about reality. That shouldn't surprise anyone. If reality were as entertaining as television, people would spend less time watching TV and be entertained by the reality of their lives. Reality television is just like the fictional stories that we watch on TV. There is a plot and a hero, a villain and a conflict to be resolved. The production team is there to make sure that the required drama is there, even if they have to take some creative license in their editing and post-production. Music producer Pete Waterman vowed never to do reality TV in Britain again. Waterman served as a celebrity judge on the British program Pop Idol. He said of his experience, quote, The problem I have with reality shows now is they've become too TV. I could see the editors didn't want the music. All the editors wanted was the silly faces, the swearing, and the fights, unquote. From American Idol to the Dog Whisperer, it's a formula that seems to keep people watching, whether it's reality or not. This is Canine Nation. This is episode number 90, and it's January 10th, 2014. In addition to these podcasts, Canine Nation appears at Life is a Human, the online magazine. You can find an archive of all the Canine Nation articles at caninenation.lifeasahuman.com. Canine Nation also has its own website at caninenation.ca, and here you can find an archive and links to all of our podcasts and all of the articles at Life is a Human. It's a new year, and we've hit the 90th episode of the Canine Nation podcast. Welcome to Canine Nation. I'm your host, Eric Brad. I want to extend my wishes to all of my listeners for a happy and prosperous new year. May you all discover and enjoy all the great things about your dogs and sharing your life with them in 2014. It's been rainy up here on the hill this winter, and our dogs Rizzo and Tira have enjoyed the company of some friends over the holidays. Our friends Ryder and Fox joined us for a few days, and we all had fun managing the four Belgian shepherds as they had to share space, time, and people. And of course, they had to share the water bowl. But I'm proud of all four of them. They did very well, and we used some great management techniques to keep everyone happy and relaxed. We're also thankful for our friend Angela and her Belgian boy, Castle. Castle is a frequent visitor up here on the hill, and we enjoy letting him out to play with our two in the backyard, where they all romp and play on the hill. But I'll have more on their antics in the next podcast. I want to say thank you to everyone who sends their comments our way about the podcast. It helps us to know that listeners are finding it useful. It's fun for me to do, and I'm glad that it's fun for all of you to listen as well. If you could tell your friends and family who own dogs about the podcast, that would be great. And if you'd like to let us know what you think, email us here at barks at caninenation.ca. Caesar Milan is a dog trainer. The Dog Whisperer is a television show that stars Caesar Milan. 
Many people that I've talked with seem to confuse these two things and even interchange them. Even a casual viewing of the dog Whisperer would tell any reasonable person that it's not a show that intends to teach you how to train your dog. National Geographic even puts a warning at the beginning of the show telling viewers not to try what they see on the show at home. So what, if anything, is the value of the Dog Whisperer program to discussions on dogs and dog training? Well, that's a good question. In my opinion, we shouldn't be talking about it at all. This is my article, The Dog Whisperer is No Longer Relevant. In 2004, National Geographic Television released a new show featuring Cesar Milan, a self-taught Mexican-American dog trainer in Los Angeles, California. The show billed Milan as The Dog Whisperer. The title appears to be based on a 1995 novel entitled The Horse Whisperer by Nicholas Evans, which tells the story of the rehabilitation of a horse using some unconventional methods. Evans has stated that horse trainer Buck Brannanman was the inspiration for that book. Brannanman is seen as one of the leading practitioners of natural horsemanship, a training methodology that seeks to work with horses by developing a rapport with the animal through use of communication techniques observed in interactions by horses among their own kind. How this concept translates to what Caesar Milan portrays in the television program, however, completely escapes me. It has been more than 10 years since Milan and his training techniques attained notoriety, mostly due to his work with the dogs of celebrity clients like Jada Pinkett Smith, Ridley Scott, and dozens of others. Milan's television show was presented as reality television and featured the dog trainer solving problems for different dog owners each week. Frequently, the remedies presented in the show seem to work without fail in fantastically short time frames with minimal and almost mystical techniques used by Milan. It didn't take long for the community of dog training professionals to take sides regarding the dog whisperer and the experiences portrayed on the show. For years now, the debate has raged over whether or not Milan's brand of dog training is a revolution or just the same old punishment-based techniques that have been presented for decades but dressed up in a new package. Beginning in 2005, criticism of Milan mounted, coming from animal behavior professionals, veterinarians, and academics who condemned Milan and his methods as being outdated and detrimental even if they appeared to show short-term results. In 2006, Dr. Nicholas Dodman, then the director of the Animal Behavior Clinic at Tufts University Cummings School of Veterinary Medicine, contacted National Geographic condemning the dog whisperer as having, quote, put dog training back 20 years, unquote. That same year, the American Humane Society condemned the methods used on the television show as inhumane, outdated, and improper. In spite of the growing wave of criticism from professionals and experts in the field of animal behavior and training, the show's popularity continued. By 2010, The Dog Whisperer had been National Geographic's top-rated show for six years running. Remarkably, National Geographic began airing a disclaimer at the beginning of the show, stating that the techniques used in the show may be dangerous if used by non-professionals 
and not to be used by viewers. After nine seasons, National Geographic canceled the show, but it continues in reruns on dozens of cable and satellite channels around the world. The debate over the confrontational, force-based methods presented in the program remains fierce and very public. My question is, why? In the 1980s, Morton Downey Jr. hosted a TV talk show that was quickly labeled Trash TV by its critics because of Downey's tactic of bullying, shouting, and becoming confrontational with his guests. Although heavily criticized, the show became popular enough to be sold into syndication for wider distribution to more television markets. It was the beginning of an entirely new kind of entertainment. After Downey came the likes of Maury Povich and Jerry Springer. Over the decades, this kind of conflict or confrontational reality television has made its way from the fringe cable stations to more mainstream programming. Even the major networks jumped on board creating shows such as Survivor and The Amazing Race that are based on setting up conflict situations for the entertainment of their viewers. It should come as no surprise to anyone when it was revealed that talk shows like Jerry Springer were paying for, quote, guests, and that many of these guests were in fact actors seeking fame and were contacted via agencies. It seemed that it was far easier to manufacture conflict for audience consumption than to go out and find people with real problems. The reality of reality TV might just be that there isn't enough conflict out there to sustain the market. So they went out and made their own. Creative scripting, clever editing, and paid guests all tainted the reality of reality TV. This formula for reality TV has become so widespread that it can be seen on everything from the Food Network to Arts and Entertainment Channel to the Discovery Channel. Even National Geographic seems to have found a way to capitalize on it with its nine seasons of The Dog Whisperer. And just like any other reality TV program before it, The Dog Whisperer creates a compelling story of conflict, confrontation, and resolution for every show. The hapless combatants are the out-of-control dogs and their seemingly powerless owners who are often portrayed as the victims. Enter Caesar Milan, the dog whisperer. With a seeming unending wealth of experience and knowledge, the hero knows just what to do to bring these dogs back into line with his calm, submissive energy, or other techniques, and he saves the day for the poor owners. Should it be a surprise to anyone that these conflicts could be manufactured and exaggerated by National Geographic and their production team? Their job, after all, is to create compelling television and to sell advertising. The show was never intended as an instructional program to show people how to work with their dogs. This should be evident by the disclaimer at the beginning of the show telling viewers that the techniques shown in the program should not be tried at home. The heated and very public debate that the program has spawned has shown up everywhere. There are websites dedicated to supporting or discrediting Milan and his methods. Facebook and countless other social media forums host discussions where Milan is, by turns, deified and demonized. Articles have appeared in magazines and newspapers. Milan has received television coverage in news reports and interviews. 
all of it has served the purpose of drawing almost constant attention to Milan and the Dog Whisperer program, much to the delight of National Geographic, which has enjoyed the financial benefits of the controversy by continuing to sell advertising and airing the program. Milan benefits, too. He has authored several books, runs a magazine, sells DVDs, has mounted personal appearance tours, and more. His efforts have earned him a personal net worth estimated at $45 million. Critics of Milan's work may feel that his success is undeserved, but, to a great extent, the perpetual debate of the dog whisperer has kept the program in the public eye for over a decade. Milan might well be the lightning rod for the larger debate over the best, most humane, most effective ways to train our dogs, but he did not create the debate, nor does it appear that he wanted any conflict. In his book, What the Dog Saw and Other Adventures, author and reporter Malcolm Gladwell talks about the time he spent with Caesar Milan as part of his research for that book. In it, he details what is shown in The Dog Whisperer is a very selective and greatly condensed version of the work Milan actually does with dogs and their owners. In essence, what is shown on television doesn't tell the whole story. Far from it. It tells only a small portion of the story, the parts that serve the needs of the National Geographic team to produce compelling television to keep viewers watching. The goal is not to educate, it is to entertain. Milan serves as a charismatic focal point for formula-based reality TV. Milan is passionate about dogs. Whether you agree with his philosophies of dog training or not, it is important to consider that while Milan has become rich from the dog whisperer, he has also made significant efforts to support charities that promote the health and welfare of dogs. He has created his own Milan Foundation for rescue and rehoming of dogs and supports other charities via personal appearances and financial support. Milan is a man who loves dogs and loves working with them. Regardless of our feelings about his methods, we must acknowledge that he has been swept up and is the eye of the storm of a controversy that surrounds him. Following in that long history of entertaining reality TV, the dog whisperer should be seen for what it is, entertainment and nothing more. As a source of information about dogs and training, it is irrelevant. It should have ceased to be relevant to anyone serious about dogs and dog training as soon as it was recognized for what it is, a television program designed to keep people watching for an hour. It has a plot, a hero, a villain, and victims. That's not something I would use as a way to teach people about dogs. There are just better ways. Both National Geographic and Caesar Milan have benefited from the misunderstandings and controversies created around the show, and the positive training community must share in responsibility for that. Without the controversy, the dog whisperer may well have faded into anonymity before its second season. The Dog Whisperer was never intended as a how-to program to teach people to train their dogs. It was always meant as entertainment. The public debate has turned it into something else. In the end, I am reminded of a joke about climate change and the controversy surrounding it. Two men are debating whether or not climate change is real or not. They sit in a hotel bar. After several heated exchanges, 
one of the men learns that a man at the bar happens to be a climate change scientist, and he decides to get an expert to weigh in on the debate. Both men approach the scientist to get his verdict. As a scientist, what do you think of the climate change controversy, asks one of the debaters. The scientist looks up from his drink puzzled. What controversy, he asks. What controversy indeed? The data is already in, and debating about it is just silly or ignorant or both. The same can be said of this controversy about dog training methods. The science has already shown that many of the techniques shown in the dog whisperer are not merely unnecessary, but are also potentially dangerous. National Geographic has already recognized this and has provided us with a disclaimer to cover themselves in case of legal action. There are better, scientifically valid ways to work with dogs that don't require force or confrontation. Rather than engage in these debates over an issue that has long been settled, perhaps advocates of force-free and behavioral science-based training would be better served by teaching people what they know, rather than spending their time trying to prove what has already been proven. Until next time, have fun with your dogs. Some resources for you to check out if you're interested after listening to this podcast. The Malcolm Gladwell essay, What the Dog Saw, is available to read online. It provides a detailed account of the time Gladwell spent with Caesar Milan and the Dog Whisperer production team. It gives the reader some insight into the dog trainer's process and interactions beyond what gets put on the TV screen. You can find it at tinyurl.com forward slash cn2014 hyphen gladwell. That's G-L-A-D-W-E-L-L. Also, you should check out the Wikipedia page for Reality TV. It provides an excellent history and overview of this fascinating genre of television programming. You might be surprised by how much of the reality is being made up for your entertainment. Don't forget you can pick up any of my ebooks from dogwise.com, a great resource for anything you're looking for with regard to dogs, DVDs, books, toys, and more. Also check out our Canine Nation Facebook page and our Canine Nation Forum Facebook group. We also have a Canine Nation Google Plus community, where you can also add your discussions if you prefer that. And finally, we have a Twitter account that you can communicate with us on. It's canine underscore nation. If you have a question or comment for us, please feel free to contact the Canine Nation podcast at barks at caninenation.ca. We look forward to hearing from you. So until next time, take care of the dogs. Bye for now.